1: Alrighty, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is time for the second half of our show. Once again, my name is Michael Beck, joined with Jeffrey Benedict. And uh, now we're going to break down the Steelers side of things. Of course, if you missed the first half of the show is George Thomas from what uh, the Akron Beacon. Uh, and now uh, just taking a look at the Steelers uh, perspective in this game. But first and foremost, There's something that I know Jeffrey and I wanted to talk about a lot, and that's uh, I think we need to get to right off the top. Of course, Mike Tomlin's press conference when he uh, was finally addressed that USC rumor, which kind of came out of nowhere, uh, but really one of the best sound clips in a long time, if you haven't heard it. I know uh, we have it available on the pages at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, but you're going to want to do that after you listen to us. Jeffrey, I know you had stuff to say about Mike Tomlin saying, oh, there's not a big enough booster uh not a what how to go again there's not a booster with a big so enough with the blank big check enough, and there was a pause
2: there big, big enough, enough blank, blank check. check
1: yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> love it first off great segment that was amazing tomlin I, i've been saying i think tomlin is kind of feeling more comfortable in interviews and giving us a little more glimpse of like the real him not just coach speak and trying to say the right things and i love it i think that interview was great for it my reaction when I first heard this story, right, uh, was I, I was angry, and I wasn't angry that someone would, like, Tomlin would leave or something like that. I was angry that Mike Tomlin is getting brought up as someone who would go to a college program, right? And the person talking about it gave gave a couple of things that would be appealing to Tomlin. One is control. Tomlin is never. I'm I'm like, where have you listened to Tomlin? Where have you seen Mike Tomlin? Where you've gotten the idea that Mike Tomlin's like, man, I wish I had more control. He's not that dude. He does what he does. He trusts other people to do his job. He works fabulously with other coaches. It's why you get, you know, former, at one point he had three former head coaches working for him on this team. And they're fine with that. They don't have a problem working with him. He lets people do their jobs. He's not a control freak, right? That's that's not a thing. And also the one that really set me off though was the idea they said his message would would go better in college. Like he maybe he'd want to go to college where his message message would come across better. Like what the heck is that? Like talk talk to Joe Hayden. Talk to freaking Aaron Rodgers. Talk to any of these players who are like I'd love to play for Mike Tomlin and tell him, Man, maybe Mike Tomlin would like to talk to 19-year-olds because maybe they buy into what he's saying. No, he's got Joe Hayden buying into what he's saying. Cameron Hayward loves the guy. Ben Ross, is. everyone loves Mike Tomlin. Aaron Rodgers is like, dude, that guy's great. How many players, John Brown, you know, Mike Tomlin, oh, I'd love to play for Mike Tomlin. And you're saying, oh, maybe you should go to college where people will look like, oh, Mike Tomlin's saying things and it's great. Yeah, you know what? Here's one thing I'll agree about. Mike Tom would be an incredible college coach. But he's also an incredible NFL coach. And good NFL coaches don't leave the NFL and go to college. Nick Saban is possibly the greatest college coach of all time. He had a losing record in the NFL. He went back to college because he couldn't cut it. He wins eighty percent of his games in the NFL. And in college, he couldn't win five hundred percent of his games. Five percent, fifty percent, whatever the numbers, he couldn't have it's a five hundred season in the NFL. Like, okay, Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's an example. Oh, he went to college and then came back to the NFL. Yeah, he went to college because after the new building of the Patriots fired him, he couldn't get another head coach job. So he sat out for an entire year because he didn't want to be a coordinator again. And then he, and then USC settled for him. He was their fourth option. They wanted everyone else but him. And they were like, okay, we'll hire Pete Carroll. He goes on to dominate college football for nine seasons before he comes back to co- to the NFL. You don't go to college if you're a good NFL coach, Right. And there's going to be people saying, oh, the Steelers, yeah, but they're they're not good anymore. Well, look at the roster right now. We don't have a ton of talent playing for this team right now. I mean, Joe Hayden's old. Like, let's let's say this this year, he's not the same guy this year, right? He, there's some slippage there. He's still good, but he's not. You're not looking at Joe Hayden saying he's a pro bowler. How many pro bowlers we got on this team right now? TJ Watt, Cameron Hayward. Maybe Minka? Maybe? On offense, you got maybe Najee. Like, we're there's not a lot of talent on this team. I, I was telling Michael before we came on, if you go back to 2015, 16, and 17, where we made the division or the championship game in each of those playoffs, right? We have two players starting on this team that played in those seasons. Two, Cameron Hayward and Ben Roethlisberger. One of them is still phenomenal in Cameron Hayward. The other one is not so much in Ben Roethlisberger. In that time, since 2017, when we lost Ryan Shazier, when we've lost a lot, we lost the offensive line since then, we lost A.B., we lost and Le'Veon Bell. Ben Roethlisberger missed a season, hasn't been the same since he came back. The Pittsburgh Steelers, since 2017 to today, 2018 season to today, are the ninth best team in the NFL. We have the ninth best winning percentage, and we're in a rebuild. We're not, like, this is the Steelers rebuilding, people. Their record is 32-21-1. You know who they're better than in that time period? The New England Patriots, who had two years of Tom Brady and a Super Bowl win. One year with Cam Newton and part of a year now. And the Steelers have a better regular season record than the Patriots have since in 2018 to today. Like, come on. You look at the last, you look at the end years of quarterbacks' careers and to the next guy. The Dallas Cowboys, when Aikman got old, right? And then they got rid of him. They went 23 and 41. 49ers, the end of Steve Young, and that passage into Jeff Garcia. 34 and 30, right? One game better than the Steelers. Sean Payton and Drew Brees and that gap they had between before, you know, they got Michael Thomas and, and uh, Kamara went 32 and 32 for four seasons, right? Ben Roethlisberger is old. Mike Tomlin is his head coach and their Steelers are doing better than other teams do in these situations. And he's Steelers in a rebuild are the ninth best team in the NFL. Mike Tomlin's not going anywhere. And the entire thing is insulting to him. He was right to be offended. People are like, oh, he's all-offending God No, he was right to be offended. It's insulting. He's one of the top coaches in the NFL. And people are like, maybe he'd be better suited for college. That's crap. It's absolute
1: crap. That's my soapbox. Thank you very much. Wow. That's uh, on the clock. It was seven and a seven-and-a-half-minute rant, rant from Jeffrey Benedict. I think we're going to have to start a leaderboard somewhere. Uh, just our <laughs> longest rants. <laughs> Um, I, I'm pretty sure you probably hold Whoa. all, all the top 10 slots though. Uh, but I, <laughs> I, I, I might have to go on one. I, I just make something up and just rip on it for, for eight minutes. That's I got to reset, <laughs> push that bar up, but I, I looked something up while you were talking uh, the spe- specifically about Mike Tomlin. The last time he's in college, it's the 99, 2000 season. Yeah. I was three years old. The last time the man was a college coach, he's not going back people. It's just not, it's not, it's not happening. Uh, It's been so, like, the games are different. You think that guy wants to go go into high school kids' houses and and pitch parents? No. I I know we talked about this a lot, and we do need to get in this game, but as Jeffrey said, absolutely freaking ridiculous. But uh, Mm -hmm. moving on here. Now, this game against the Browns, to me, and I I think this is one we could probably go on for a while here too. Honestly, I feel whoever loses this game, their playoffs, it's pretty much shot. Like, I know that sounds extreme, but I think the losers of this this game probably finishes in last place of the AFC North. Honestly, that's how I feel about this game. And it's week eight game. I know, I know streaks can happen, but the way things are getting set up, you lose on Sunday, it's over. Uh, I I see you shaking your head. Yes. Do you agree with this? Absolutely. Absolutely. This is a huge game,
2: right? The Bengals, the Bengals are good. Yeah, they are legit good it is their defense is good and and Joe Burrow my goodness he is getting good uh I just I was just watching uh oh my gosh the guy who came on our show does YouTube channels about quarterbacks JT O'Sullivan was watching he just did a breakdown of Burrow against uh the Ravens and just holy crap he's developed Burrow is there he's an NFL quarterback he's really good uh, Baltimore is being dragged by Lamar Jackson. If Lamar Jackson like got hurt, absolutely, Baltimore is in the cellar, and it, but this game would no longer matter. If, Mar- if Lamar Jackson can finish the season, it's going to be tough to catch the Ravens if you lose this game. And whoever wins this game has a serious leg up in the head-to-head between the Browns and the Steelers. We're both banged up. N- neither one of these teams is going to be right all season, right? But whoever wins this team is at least going to have a shot at being the third team from the EFC North to make the playoffs. Uh, the chance that all four make it is incredibly low. We got too many, we got too many in, in the division games left coming before that to happen. So absolutely this game it it feels really important for the season. It feels really important for team identity and for morale. This game feels like like if the Steelers win this, they can walk around being like, you know what, we're we're legit. We're here. Mostly because this is going to be a tough game.
1: Yeah, you win this game, you're four and three. Then, then I think it's Detroit the next week. Detroit's pitiful. Mm -hmm. Like I love their coaching staff in Detroit. Mm -hmm. They have no talent. Mm -hmm. I'm a a big. That's my upset, man. That's my Steelers upset for the rest of the season. Don't don't even say that. We'll we'll get into that in in a week. (laughs) But, but we got uh, we got a
2: week, we got time for that. Then
1: after that, it's prime time against the Bears. Like, you, legitimately, you win against Cleveland here. You should be what six and three heading to the West Coast, taking on the should Chargers. Be. Should be, should, should, should be. be. And I know you want to talk about an upset, and I'm gonna lose my damn mind, lose my marbles after they <laughs> kick the snot out of them in the preseason. Take them on again at home. I think it is. Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh, that that'd be so Steelers to lose that game. But anyway, talking about the Browns this week. If if they win. Obviously, it feels like you're set up for something. You still have a chance to win the division. You lose this game. All of a sudden, you're you're looking at like, oh, man, how far can this team slip? Like, like I understand they could still go on a streak after this. But being yeah. 0-2 at the division at this point with the rest of your divisional games being packed at the end of the season, th- this is dire. Uh, the Browns would be, what, 5-3. and three. Uh, The Bengals and Ravens have been winning like crazy, even though I think the Ravens are fairly overrated. It just seems like a massive hole. All of a sudden, if we lose this game, are, are we starting to look more at, at quarterback prospects? Or Are we diving into the draft here? Well, What's what's the vibe going to be like w- within uh, Steelers Nation? The
2: Dark. Steelers lose to the Browns. Uh, it's going to be bad. One thing is three-game win streak, right? Let's talk about that. The Browns have a three-game win streak against Pittsburgh because right now it's two. Kind of with the playoff game and with the Mason Rudolph game. They have two-game win streak. The last time the Browns had a two-game win streak against the Steelers, you know what it was? It was the first year they were back. 99-2000, to we beat them 43 nothing. the first game they were back. They won the next two. That's the last time they won two in a row against the Steelers. Before that, the last time you can go above, the, above two is Chuck Knoll. Back in like 86 to 89, it was something like six games, six, seven game win streak for you know the uh who was their quarterback? Was that B- Bernie Kosar?
1: Probably for Bernie Kosar
2: when the Steelers were bad and Kosar was there. That that's the last time we're talking about. That's the last time it was more than two. So if they if Browns win a get a three-game win streak, like Browns fans are gonna go wild. And Steeler fans are gonna be like, you know, the sky is falling. The the sky is falling. This should never have happened. Fire everybody. Rudy (laughs) should sell the team. Oh, you know, like it's going to be bad. As as to me, yeah, to me, that if they lose this game, it's it's bigger than the record. The record is the smallest part of it, and that's bad.
1: As the the guy, is all the things surrounding it. (laughs) I keep thinking you're done, and I want to just jump in. I'm all excited to talk about... I'm it's in rant mode. Go losing. ahead. Take over, Mike. Go
2: rant. <laughs> Give me a, get your soapbox going. Well, it. it's,
1: it's a mini soapbox, but as a guy who tweets from the BTSC account during games, I know for damn sure if they lose that game, I'm staying the heck off Twitter. <laughs> you will <laughs> not find me responding to people. It's not happening, because I know you people are going to lose your damn minds. It's not happening. <laughs> missed me with that send me dms i'm not responding i'm sorry it's just, just going to be one of those days that i'll i'll be doing something oh, else man. it's just it's just yeah it's not one that i want to be uh too involved with if, uh, if they lose but this is huge cuz it's still a revenge game the steelers mm-hmm. got their oh they got their butts kicked they made it a game they lived in their fears they lost we know the brutal playoff loss i'm honestly first of all i'm surprised the nfl schedule schedulers waited this long to play this game I, I generally thought this was going to be the week one matchup, possibly the Sunday nighter. But, of course, here we are Sunday with that uh, 1 o'clock kickoff, that early, the early slot. Again, makes no sense, but it's going to draw numbers. I think Ben Roethlisberger, this could be the game where, like, his best game of the year. Uh, like, a beat-up Browns team, he's pissed off. Uh, like, he just has one of those classic Ben days because he, he owns First Energy Stadium. Like, mm-hmm. up until last year, he was the winningest quarterback in the in the 20-whatever-year history of that stadium, which is honestly hilarious. He's still number two, and he's probably going to be that for a very long time. But I, I feel like Big Ben could like just crank it up. One, I don't know, I don't want to say one last time, but I'm going to say one last time and just have one of those days where you're like, oh, okay, Ben, okay, like, you really you really were scorned by this franchise, and you really do hate yeah. them. I could see that happening. Just, are you buying that? Um, <laughs> I, I think that is honestly what it would take mm.
2: for them to win this game. Uh, I, I'm not high on the Steelers in this game, but wait, wait. I would love to see it. Like you said, anything can happen in a Brown Steelers game. Anything can, man. And I would love to see Ben find that part of himself again that just dominated Cleveland. Go out there and make the throws. Take the shots that he's not taking. Make the throws that he's not making right now. Go out there and play all out, put it all on the line and and make this game happen. I just watching the film of him, I don't think he can do it anymore. I don't think he's got that. I don't think he has a as a another Colts game in him. Like Ooh. where they had that second half of the Colts game. I don't know if he has one of those. If he does, all bets are
1: off, man. Go for it. Let's do this. Is is that Claypool fits. gonna play? He should he was limited today everyone was on the field. Yeah. No one was yeah. out. Uh, aside, of course there's a ton of roster moves if you missed it over on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, be uh, Carlos Davis was put on the short term IR. Uh, Anthony McFarland was activated. He's taking reps. He looks like he's going to be the RB2. Uh, they they signed another D tackle to the practice squad. Like there's a ton of moves they made today. But they've also been uh, what practicing now Well, bye week, but they've been prepping for this game for 2 weeks. The Steelers yeah. should have something up their sleeves. The rookies, like I know you love to talk about, always take a bump in production for the Steelers after the bye week. Typically around the NFL, but specifically the Steelers themselves. Do you see like the Pat Frymuth like uh, homecoming game where it's like, okay, now we we have a legitimate tight end because like, it seems like we know what we have in Najee Harris. He's gotten the ball a ton. Mm-hmm. He's been a veteran since week one. Uh, the, the rookie offensive alignment their rookie offensive lineman. I, I don't really anticipate too much of a bump from them. I feel like if anyone's going to take any sort of a step up, it's going to be Fryermuth. It could be Trey Norwood in snaps because he's been playing so damn good. Uh, but outside of those two, I don't really see anything. I think Buddy Johnson's still like the fifth middle linebacker at best. What are you seeing from the rookies? Could someone take a, a big step in production here? Well, let's start with uh,
2: on defense. Uh, I don't see big changes. Trey Norwood's going to be what Trey Norwood is. Uh, still pretty good, I, though. <laughs> I, he is playing dang good i don't think he's gonna get better and you're not gonna expand his role beyond what it is right now uh you know maybe like arthur molest playing really good in the nickel they're they're doing different things and they're kind of letting this rookie just be like hey you do this specific job and you just do it at a high level and he's doing it like don't mess with that don't give him more just be like dude keep being good in that role uh Buddy Johnson, uh, I don't see that happening. He's not getting on the field. They're they're going three deep at linebacker right now, and he's not seeing the field at all.
1: He's been a healthy scratch most of the year, but sorry.
2: Yeah, he has. Pat Fryer Now, that's my guy because – First off, they need to get him the ball. Yeah, uh, you know, I wasn't big on him when he got drafted. Whatever. Hey, who, who was
1: anyway. the one guy at BTSC that loved the pick? <laughs> whatever. <laughs>
2: whatever. What was it? Uh, no, it was uh Maddie, right? Maddie Peveril. I was also very high on it. Actually. Yeah, you were. Maddie was like Maddie was losing draft, his though. mind. Maddie was like, "That's a great everyone. pick. That's great." Yeah. Maddie's over there like smashing beer. Whatever Australians do for fun, I assume it's just smashing beer bottles off their head.
1: It's some like but, that's uh, boxing kangaroos. I don't know. There's yeah, of, know, yeah.
2: He was out, he's out boxing kangaroos that day. Wow. Wow. That's We are we are terrible people. <laughs> Anyways.
1: This show is uh, just with, going so far off the rails more than normal. <laughs> it
2: really has. <laughs> with JOK out for this game, right? Browns don't have cover linebackers.
1: That should be a huge tight end week. Huge. They don't have it. it.
2: And they've got weaknesses at corner, right? They're going to have a hard time with, with Deontay Johnson. They're going to have a hard time with Chase Claypool. If you've got stuff drawn up to to really take advantage of Pat Fryer maybe some play action, oh, or maybe you know a freaking RPO <laughs> or something where you actually throw the ball. That's to a Bob dirty Friermuth. word with Ben
1: Roethlisberger, though.
2: To well, Ben Roethlisberger, they do a ton of RPOs now. The problem is all his reads are to, to, to wide receivers. They're always they're always outside in reads. Those are his reads. So when the when the defense is getting pressure on him, it's always outside. It's always outside first. They need to get some reads where Pat Friermuth is earlier in the rotation, and that worked when Pat was out in the slot when he was out in the slot last game. I want more of that because the Browns don't have anybody to match on him. They put a nickel cornerback on Pat Fryermuth. You laugh and you run the ball. You just like pfft, like what's that? Najee Harris can can eat that guy's lunch and. Pat Fryermoose can block a defensive lineman or a linebacker, and we got a huge advantage. So that's where I see this game going is that's a huge deal. Is Can Matt Canada and Ben Roethlisberger combine to get Pat Friarmoose more involved in this game plan and, and, and have a breakout game, man? If he has like 80 yards and a touchdown, the Steelers have a chance. They have a good chance of winning this game. Hey, give him a chance. <laughs> Put him in the right situation, man. Just give him a chance. There you go. There you go, inside jokes, baby. We got them. You don't get so it. What do you? So what do you see, Michael? What do you think? What do you think?
1: Hey, you know what? One of my favorite RPOs, which I think uh, could be nasty, uh, an inside zone fake. Uh, you key on the outside, uh, the inside linebacker, technically in the scheme. If he stays flat-footed or steps up into the run, you throw the seam to the tight end. You just throw it over that that backer's head. He catches it. It's a seam. He's a one-on with the safety, a big man on a little body. I feel like that would be dangerous. That's a play that's got to be in the playbook. That's that's one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite RPOs. Uh, and that if the guy if the guys if he steps back, you just give it an Aussie and he's he's running it to where that linebacker's backpedaling. And now you have a one on one block with Friar Muth on a backpedaling inside linebacker. The hole should be there. It, it's a nasty play. I, I hope it's in. It's something that we run, but don't tell our opponent that this week. <laughs> but uh, you need to call that. And and you're mean, like to Hey, it, Matt, this is uh, Hey, this is Michael Beck. I'm from Canada. I, believe it or not. <laughs> hey, 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 Coach. Hey, hey, Matt. Matt. No, I'm not even going to call you Coach. We're the same. As this is the, what are going to
2: do? As, as from from Canada to Canada.
1: <laughs> this is you so where well, you're going to run, and you're going to listen to me, and it's going to work. Yeah. And then it's, hey. it's going to go for six, and then all of a sudden I'll be like, "Well, sorry, BTSC. Like, look what Jeffrey made me do. Work in the NFL." <laughs> Uh, What is going on tonight? What do we do? We're just having fun. Just having a great time. I hope you're having a great time too, just uh, listening to a couple idiots just go on about this team. But defensively, because we should talk about the matchup too. Um, Do you think this could be a big TJ Watt game? I I feel like he could, like every game feels like a big TJ Watt game. But like uh, Wills, I guess uh, he's facing Conklin then because he's back in the lineup. Uh it, it could be a dicey one because like, the, the pass uh, defense, that pass rush disappeared. Obviously, the huge lead, the Browns ran the ball a ton in the playoffs. But do you think if it's a tight game, this pass rush could be getting home specifically, TJ? He could.
2: Uh, here's the problem. Last week when they were getting run over, one of the big, big changes they made to stop the run was TJ Watt stopped, defend, stopped rushing the passer entirely and just focused on running. Focus on stopping the run. Normally, it's the opposite. TJ has a complete green light. Go for the quarterback first. Hey, if you see a run play, if you see a running back on your way to the quarterback, knock him down. You know, hey, you know. But TJ Watt does what he does. He's the best at pass rushing of anybody, so you just send him. You just mess up all his plays. The RPOs were always, always going to be a run read. Because TJ Watt was always going for the quarterback. And when you have Tyson Alualu, Stefan Tooitt, Cameron Hayward, and you got our linebackers that are fast, you got Terrell Edmonds coming up to help, you do that. But right now, you got Chris Wormley. You don't have Stefan Tooitt. And he's right next to TJ Watt, and behind him is Joe Schobert. That's not run stuffing. That's those are those are guys that are better when you're throwing the ball. Joe Schober's better in coverage than run stopping. He's not he's not a good downhill run linebacker that's really shown up since he's come to the Steelers. Is he's not great against the run. He's solid, not good or great. And Chris Wormley's not good against the run. He was getting shoved around. I mean, they were they were they were having guys peel off of, of a double team block in duo and get to the linebacker, and they're already four yards upfield. When that guy peels off the double team and goes to the linebacker, and they're right there, there's nothing you can do. There's no way to stop that. You can't, like, there's nobody. You can't stop that if the defensive line can't hold it at all. So they told they had TJ swap into being straight up run blocking. If you watch uh, the touchdown throw to Will Disley, one yard throw, and they made a big deal about because TJ Watt bit on the running back on an RPO. He bit. He never does that. He's always at the quarterback. And he bit on the running back because he had to. There's other plays. He's sitting there splitting double teams. He's splitting. He's like stepping over into the tackle guard gap and splitting the double team, getting pressure in the backfield to slow down the run. And the Steelers are stopping the run. If we can't defend the run better this week, TJY is not gonna be rushing the passer because he won't be able to. Because the Browns will just be like, we can run. We can run. Uh, Third and we and 25 ball. times. We can run to Ernest Johnson 20 times. We can find somebody else to carry the ball another 10. We can run it 60 times if we need to. If you're going to let us pick six, seven yards of carry. Like, you know, they were given up last game before they switched TJ. That's the scary thing to me is they've had a bye week. Where's this run defense going to be?
1: Yeah, no, no kidding. And really, I think we have one time for one more topic here, and it goes hand-in-hand hand with this. I feel like Devin Bush and Joe Shobert need to have a good week. They need to get guys down. They need to attack the line of scrimmage. Are you buying this? Like a big The tight ends, of course, they're going to have to shut them down. I know Charles Edmonds plays a part in that, but they're also going to have to step up in the run game and not have guys run past them. Is this got to be Devin Bush' best game of, of his season? Uh, same with Joe Shulbert as as long as he's been a Steeler, I feel like that's what it comes down to on defense.
2: I think Joe Schobert is what he is. I don't think you're getting a, a great game out of him unless the situation is set up for him better. Uh, if, the, if the defensive line is keeping him clean, then yeah, he's much better. Devin Bush, if this week off does him some good, like, when, like early in the season, I think it was like right before he had his groin injury, he started looking better. He was looking quicker on the field. He was making better cuts. He was more aggressive. And Then the, the since the groin injury, he has been noticeably slower. Like he's a lot of times going laterally, he's he used to run with running backs running laterally, and he'd just be, be like shuffling sideways and, and keeping up with fast running backs. He doesn't do that right now. He is turning full on and running, which means when they cut back, he's not ready for a cutback because his, he's going that way, he's having to run. Uh, if if his groin improves over this week, over this bye week. To the point that he is back to kind of where he was earlier in the season, uh, before his injury. Then, then yes, this could be a very big game for Devin Bush because he is a phenomenal linebacker when he's healthy. We've just got to get him healthy. back there.
1: Yeah, we got to hope he can get back there. I think at this point, it's that mental leap after a, a major knee surgery. Um, there's, there's the mental oh. side of things that people don't realize, but it, it's huge. That's the, that's the block that's he's facing with right now is just uh, breaking free and just trusting that knee and being able to be that player he was before. But, of course, how we end off every show with our show uh, predictions for the final score of the game. Of course, the first half of the show, uh, we're basically called idiots by uh, our guest uh, George Thomas from the Akron Beacon for doing such a, a silly practice and really just putting ourselves out there to look dumb. But, anyway, we're going to do it anyway because we are idiots. Take that, George. So, Jeffrey, what's your final score prediction for this game? You know, my mother used to
2: always say, "You can keep your mouth shut and let everyone assume you're an idiot, or you can open your mouth and remove all doubt entirely." You know, what? I'm going to take the second road, and I, you know what? Forget, forget t-shirt. trying to make a real prediction. Forget trying to make a serious prediction, or, or like looking into the film and say, "Oh, where do I think?" No, you know what? Ben Roethlisberger, five touchdowns, thirty-five to twenty-one Steelers. Wow!
1: <laughs> Mic drop. It's going to be a hell of a game. Where did that come yeah. from? You're, ne- you're a yeah. negative all and night.
2: And Ben Rosberg, like, he's going to blow out his knee on the victory formation. That's going to be the end of his career. Uh, last game. Blow out the Browns. Walk off the field.
1: Oh, lump he'll off the like, field because he blew out his ACL, according yeah, to you. Yeah, be like, suck it, Cleveland. I'm done. <laughs> Just leave his jersey at midfield. Just be like, keep yeah. it there. I own this place. <laughs> this is my stadium. Wow. We're getting heated tonight. Get I he'll love he'll
2: it. Be like, the next time you see one of, those nation- one of those commercials, Baker at home, you'll see Ben, like, coming in there and, like... <laughs>
1: Oh, no, my that will God. be like
2: walking out of the master bedroom with like a towel around his waist. I'm, I'm
1: Amazing. Amazing. I'm That's a visual. Thank you for that. Jeffrey <laughs> Benedict oh my goodness oh, you know i gosh. could i could run through a wall right now i might have to get some pads and suit up for this one i'm uh i'm fired up but i i have a prediction that's a, a little more realistic because i think this could be an ugly steelers browns game like the classic one you get but you know what i feel like the steelers have a fourth quarter comeback just like they're losing a little bit they, they drive the field and win the game just a classic Ben, haha i won you lost again browns suck it type of performance i'm picking the steelers in a weird score Give me the Steelers 16 to 12. 16 to 12. 12. Field goals, galore, and a missed extra point.
2: point. The Steelers are stuffing the run. Oh, yeah.
1: It's going to be one of those days, or the Browns are dumb enough to throw the ball far too much. One (laughs) or the other. They're like, hey, Baker's back.
2: Let's let him throw the ball.
1: Yeah, he only has a broken arm and a torn labrum. Baker
2: Mayfield, Nick Chaw. Let's go Baker. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. G- great, great stuff. But yeah. Jeffrey, before it's we good. sign out tonight, is there anything you want to plug for the people?
2: Yes, uh, I got uh, NFL Game Pass working long enough to actually get together a film room using coaches' film. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little bit more on the uh, defensive line and TJ Watt's role in stopping the run in Seattle because I think it's incredibly relevant for this game coming up. Because uh, it's man, T- TJ. TJ's our best defensive tackle outside of Cam Hayworth. He's our number two defensive tackle. TJ Watt. Uh that's that's how good he was stuff in the run and how bad it was before he started doing it. So that's that's a film room coming out uh sometime whenever I get it put together. And then, you know, Jeff Hartman Dead, has to deadlines. deal with it. <laughs> yeah, and then I then I just throw him over to Jeff
1: Hartman. He has to deal with it and find a way to fit it in.
2: Yeah, no kidding. (laughs)
1: Um, Yeah, and uh, just a reminder, as always, to click over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. From film rooms, like what Jeffrey's pumping out, uh, and you want to check out all those. And a Vertex, I believe, one ran today. Uh, Commentary breaking news. I'm sure I already said that. But, again, click over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all that great content we know each and every one of you love. And just a friendly reminder, if you're watching on YouTube and Facebook right now, you're only getting, like, about a third of the podcast that BTSC puts out. So make sure you're clicking over to your podcast apps, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Pandora, you name it. Wherever you get your podcasts, just search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain and get the entire family podcast from BTSC. If you like, subscribe, five-star, whatever platform there is, uh, you can uh, you can definitely help support our channel. But, Jeffrey, uh, you had one final thought. What's going on here? Yeah, on
2: the podcast note, uh, we got a couple podcasts that are going to really shine this week, uh, especially like the Steelers uh, power half hour. Go check them out. Those are guys. They talk about the cities the Steelers are facing. They are from East Ohio, right? They they went to school where I went in, into school in Canton and they are Steeler fans. It's gonna be a fantastic show this week. Uh check out like what Yin's talking about. They're gonna be covering all the social media nonsense in this week. It's gonna be fun. So we got we got some great podcasts for you to check out this week.
1: See, I don't like what Yin's talking about because they rip me every week. Because I apparently I always say something dumb. So uh, it always just ends up coming back, back on me. You got, that's a badge, man.
2: The, the first time I shouted out, and I was like, "I love this show." The very next show, they ripped me on it, and I was like, "Yes,
1: <laughs> I, I made it. it! I made it! I oh. made it!" On that note, uh, for my co-host Jeffrey Benedict, my name is Michael Beck. Thank you for tuning in tonight, and we'll we'll catch you guys next week.
0: Oh, how it rips me, but love makes me live for tomorrow.